Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Wonderfilled Week. I am your host, Caitlin Corey. Today, I bring you the third installment of the Life Series, an adoption journey. Today, I welcome new mom, Danielle Bond, who's going to walk us through what her journey was like in meeting her daughter, Lulu James. Danielle grew up in Everett, Massachusetts, and spent a number of years living in New York, where she earned her bachelor's degree from Hofstra University and a master's degree from Brooklyn College. She has been a special educator for over 10 years and is currently a transition specialist for Everett Public Schools. In March of 2019, she started her unexpected adoption journey, and in January 2020, she finally achieved her lifetime goal of becoming a mother. Danielle adopted a four-year-old girl with Down syndrome from China. You can follow along on Danielle and Lulu James's journey on Instagram at extrachromiehomielulujames and on Facebook at Bringing Home Lulu James. Please welcome to the podcast, Danielle Bond. Hello, Danielle. Thank you so much for coming on Wonderfilled Week. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, so I already gave everyone a little bit of a, an intro and a background, so I figured we'll just dive in. So can you walk us through what it was like prior to adopting Lulu? Did you always want to be a mom, and did you always want to adopt? Um, well, I knew I always wanted to be a mother. Adoption was never on my radar. I, not that I was against adoption, but I always said that I wanted to have my own children. I wanted to be pregnant. I wanted that whole experience. And I was actually in the process of potentially freezing my eggs and they called me to tell me oh call us up we'll give you your medication after you give us the seven thousand dollars for the medication and I was like I don't know this doesn't seem right something's wrong about this and one night I was online and someone had a hashtag down syndrome adoption and I just decided to google adopting children with disabilities and wow I kind of had her sign and up popped Lulu. It seems like that's always the way, right? Like you're in the middle of a journey, you're like a little bit unsure what the next step is. And then it's almost like you put, you're putting out an energy that you need a sign. And then all of a sudden it could be something as simple as that. And that's one of the things I love about social media because you find connection in very unexpected places sometimes. And sometimes it's the answer you're looking for that could literally change the course of your life. And in your case, it really did. Um, Yeah, it's very interesting because I was talking about in a previous episode about um, miscarriage and family expansion, talking about freezing eggs and how that's like, I love how people are bringing that um, to light as an option, but you're right, like if it didn't feel right and it wasn't, it just didn't feel like it was part of your journey, it's kind of nice to take that beat and think about like, is this really what I want to do? And if it doesn't feel right, you have to trust your gut, right? I mean, that's all we have. Okay, so walk us through it. So you're on social media, you saw that hashtag and then was that just the beginning of this journey? that was the start of the rabbit hole so i found a site that advocates for kids in orphanages all around the world and i just started scrolling through it's it's kind of sad because you're literally going through a list of kids and they have their picture mm-hmm. and it tells you sort of like if they have a disability where they are and it breaks your heart you can like save a list of kids that you like and i'm sitting there like saving all these kids and that's when I was like, oh, I just, I don't know what to do. I need a sign. And the next girl was Lulu. Oh. Which, that is what we called my grandmother. Oh, okay, okay. This is really funny because my mom said, I know that Lulu's name has a meaning. And I'm dying to hear the episode because I forget what the meaning is. And I was like, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was a really big sign. 
Yeah, so I got a little emotional talking yeah, about it. Yeah, <laughs> no, please. No, we cry on this podcast all the time. This is what we're here for. I cry daily. <laughs> so my grandmother and I were like super, super close, and she actually passed away on my birthday. So oh, I'm sorry. Hearing, like seeing that name pop up and this mm-hmm. adorable little face, I was like, all right, that's my grandmother saying, that's, yeah. that's her, that's your kid. That's and your daughter. Everything worked. It was so seamless, the entire process that it's it's actually mind-blowing because so many people have so many issues and they get delayed or right. they find a child and like the file is in another family's hand so they have to find another child and it's it was scary at first because I was expecting everyone to want her because right. her so cute so cute <laughs> so cute everybody I, I gave your handle at the beginning I'll give it at the end again because she's so cute we all need to follow Lulu's adventures um, yeah. but it's, it's surprising to hear you say that it was seamless because you're right. Like, I feel like every story of adoption I've heard, they prepare you for that, right? Like it's, it's not going to be this as quick and easy process. It's going to be emotional. You could get so far in the process and something could go wrong and you're just back at square one and it's heartbreaking. And it so did. to hear that it was seamless really reinforces the fact that it was meant to be, um, yeah. and that your grandmother was really a big part of this, this journey for you. So you saw Lulu and you're like, okay, that's my daughter. <laughs> and then what is the, like, what is it like? Because, you know, for people out there who are like looking at the title of this episode, they might say, oh, adoption journey. Okay. I'm thinking about this and, and I want to learn. So you're online and it's, it's like interesting to hear that you just are kind of going through and like making a list, um, and like picking, you know, picking and choosing on photos and little bios, I'm sure. Um, so what was that like? So. I found her, I took a screenshot of her file and I sent it to my friend in New York and I was like, so I think this is supposed to be my daughter and she saw her name and she had a few curse words and she was like, oh my God, it's a sign. And we were in the middle of state testing. I work in education. So I worked to plan the, the state test out for the school and I went into work the next morning and I was like, so what do you guys think about me adopting this child? And everybody was like, yes. And I feel like so many times people get a little pushback from family and friends if yeah. they're deciding to adopt it, or especially adopting as a single woman, a right. child with a significant need. Like she's, she has Down syndrome. Like there's going to be a lifelong uphill battle for her and right. it's, it's not going to be easy. But every, not one person said, that's, that's a stupid idea. Wow. Everyone said, yes. How do we get her here? Like they were planning on where she was going to school the first day. That oh my gosh. Okay. So this is a testament to the people in your life, right? Because, yeah. you know, a lot of people would give you pushback and say, maybe you want to think about that. And, and maybe, you know, do you think you're taking on too much? And especially as a single woman, that's like a very interesting, you know, situation, unique situation as well. But you, like you said, you are in education and you're, you are in special education, right? So, yes. I mean, you're, who's more suited than you to, to care for a child? That's what I thought when I first started this journey. And now that she's here, I'm like, I don't know anything about anything that I have to do for her. But it's, Danielle, it's so I, I think that's motherhood. I think like yeah. everyone wants to have a baby. And then I think when they do, no matter how you become a mother, I think then you're like, oh, damn, what did I get yeah. myself into? Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's, <laughs> yeah, I think that means you're doing it right. If you feel like you're just not knowing what you're doing. I think that's part of it. Um, so how did you tell your family and friends? Um, so I told my mom right away. Okay. It was a very big secret for her. So it was Easter and I brought everyone little gifts and, um, the t-shirt said, family's made it from, sorry, she's okay. 
love not blood or DNA. It said something I can't remember. Right. And they were all kind of confused because my aunt married Billy much later in life, but like we've been family for a while. So right. Kind of like, What's the point of this? But then I gave everyone a note from her with her picture. And oh. the video was actually hysterical because my aunt was like, oh, are you getting married to an Asian man? Like they didn't understand. And then she's reading the letter and she screams, oh my God, you're adopting a girl from China. Mm. And it looked like she was going to run out of the house. But she, <laughs> everyone started screaming. It was, it was pretty amazing. And oh. then I told my dad and my uncle in the restaurant when we went out a few weeks later for um, their birthday. So oh. I tried to make it like special for everyone. And it, it was pretty memorable with my aunt. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, that's so sweet. And I love how it just, it, I can just like, and I don't know you personally. Um, I'm so grateful that I'm getting to know you, but it just seems like you have this big loving heart and you want to make everything special, you know, and it's not just like your journey. It seems like you're very family oriented and it's like, it's all encompassing and you wanted everyone to be excited. And it seems like from what I'm gathering and I want to learn more, like you all came together to make it happen and your people yes. in your life are really supportive you didn't really get much pushback, I I think, right? Not so nice. And then, so everyone band together, and what did that look like? What did you have to do? What were the steps? So the first step was going to the agency and just meeting with them, and they kind of tell you about the, the adopting the China program. Um, and that night, I went home, and I just started filling out the paperwork, and that's... It, you know, you fill out so much paperwork and then you have a uh, home study where a social worker comes in, there's like three or four visits and they just meet with you and kind of discuss your home life, like what you've done in your life. They check out the home, see where um, your child's going to stay. And then it's just a ton of paperwork, getting I things notarized, going to the Chinese consulate. Like it's a stack of papers. I had to write letters or who the, our guardian was going to be. I had to write personal statements. I had to write about being a single woman and what that looks like. And if I was to get married, like how she would be included in the family. Like it's, it's a pretty lengthy process. Yeah. I mean, it's like not for the wary, right? You have to be committed. And that's, this has to be like one of your life goals and something you want to do. You just can't go into it half-heartedly, of course. Um, but that's right. interesting. And I was going to ask about the, the single aspect because do they have you, do you have to do anything different? Like if God forbid something were to happen to you, do you have to plan for those sort of things because you were going into it as a single person adopting? So I think it really depends on the, every country has their own like rules oh, okay. for adopting. So I would only be able to adopt from China, the United States and Colombia, I think. Okay. So they want to make, they check your net worth. So you have to write a letter and give them like all the information of like basically how much your worth and for a single woman it has to be a hundred thousand dollars or more which at first i was like there's no way that i'm gonna like, qualify what? for this but they include everything so i was like all right well if i get to put in my clothes and my jewelry then we're good okay <laughs> perfect yeah it's like it's everything right it's all encompassing yeah, yeah. At first, I was like, "Well, if they're gonna go off my bank account, <laughs> then I'm not. Yeah, then I'm not gonna meet my baby. Yeah, it's hard. I know. So, how long? Yeah, how long was the process? For me, it was nine months. Okay. Wow, which is like which a pregnancy. Yeah, yeah. It, it worked out very well. But like, even the the um, adoption agency said they were like blown away at how organized and quick I got everything done. But I mean. You know, you want to, now that you like know 
or see a picture of this child, you're kind of like, all right, let's get this going. Like, yeah, let's, let's it puts a fire under you for sure. Um, and especially yeah. since like, like, how does this work? I know this might sound like a very ignorant, naive question, but I'm just so unaware of this process. Like when you are putting in an application and Lulu is the child that you're looking to adopt, can other people be putting in applications at the same time? Or do they like let you go through yours? You know what I mean? Like, do you, does Lulu like come off the website while you're going through your process? After the home study is completed, you can write a letter requesting the file of that child. And China can either approve you or they can deny you. And once that's approved, then they remove her file or okay. they kind of remove it. So it's kind of there, but it says that like a family's been found, not until everything goes through will they actually remove the file completely. But that was one of my concerns and why I like rushed to do everything because at first I was like, you know, she's this cute kid. Yeah. Like, who wouldn't want Of her? course. I was lucky that there was nobody, no other families looking at the file, but there have been situations where there's multiple families and the adoption agency has to review each family and see who would basically be a better fit for the child. Right. And it's like all these people just want a child to love and and to show like a beautiful life too. So it's like, I'm sure it's hard to pick and, and then I'm sure you're so nervous, like, like wondering if it's going to be you. So it was nice that there was no other families looking at that file during your time. Right. Okay, good. So that was good. Thank God. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm so excited. And I was like, no, I mean, I feel bad that. Yeah, no. I'm looking at her file right now, but I'm very happy that. Yeah, it worked out for the best. I anybody else for it. (laughs) What were some of your other concerns or like sort of like your range of emotions during the whole process? I mean, was were you always excited and positive and you knew it was going to be like, no, like, a done deal or were you like having any reservations or nerves or anxiety about the situation? I didn't have any nerves or anxiety until the day that I was going to meet her. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's a big I day. Mean, like, obviously there's like a wave of emotions where you're like, what am I doing? I've lost my mind. Why did I ever think that this was okay? Mm-hmm. Like what's going to happen to my life after I bring another child in? Like yeah. it's, it's scary. And like at one point, so they're very strict about, antidepressants like mental health they want to know that you're going to be a fit Mm -hmm. mother which I don't think being on medication or having some depression or anxiety determines what kind of mother you'd be but I mean it's something that I have battled with for many years and I'm on and off medication so at one point once all my paperwork was in China they wanted a doctor to write another letter stating that I was fit to be a mother and at that point I was like oh my god this could be the point where they tell me like I can't even go to China and I can't even adopt her but like luckily and that's so sad because you know I know many mothers and many mothers also battle mental health uh depression anxieties and multitude of other things and of course that I mean I can see their concern on one side they don't know you I guess they just need that reinforcement from the doctor but I mean, it shouldn't, you know, it's, it breaks my heart to think like that could be the reason because if you are, right. you know, taking your mental health into consideration and, and getting help for it and being on medication because that's how you can best, you know, approach the world, it just makes mm-hmm. me sad that that would work against you because that, that actually proves that you, you know, want to live a life of like feeling good and doing your best and approaching the world the best way you can and the healthiest way you know how. So if anything, yeah. it shows that you are willing to do that because a lot of people wouldn't be. They, a lot of people have a stigma with mental health, discussing it, being medicated for it in any way. So mm-hmm. I think that's actually like 
a compliment. Like, I think that's actually like a great attribute of yours that you're like, okay, there's a, a problem. I want to address it and work towards bettering it. So that actually shows, I don't know. I think that just shows like another great aspect of you, but I'm glad that didn't hinder in any way your journey. Um, yes. Okay. So yeah, I'm sure there was like a wave of emotions. Did you have a, like, who was your support system? Because going into this as a single person, like, did you bring any certain person to your appointments with you or to, you know, did they have to meet any members of your family? No, they didn't have to meet anybody. Um, I mean, I feel like everyone at some point was a support system for me, but for the most part, I kind of just pushed through this without really involving many people. Yes, they helped me. Yes, we had fundraisers and people donated money, but emotionally, I just, I felt like this was very much my journey and I was doing it alone. Yeah. True mama bear. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I feel like, you know, I have to be prepared. Like I just, I don't know. I felt like I had to do it on my own to prove to myself that I could then take care of a child right I feel like if you can go through this journey and especially alone and you're taking on you know the brunt of it of course your family and friends are supportive and love you and and we're there for you but like you said the the brunt of it was on you and I think like that's so badass and like um you know if you could go through this journey and bring Lulu home like you're already like an amazing mama bear like you did it you went and you like you advocated and you worked hard you did the paperwork you were diligent you did it quickly and she's here. So, t- okay, this is what I need to know. Tell me about going there and meeting her. So, it, it, it's, like, so surreal. I just remember getting to China. It was it was amazing. Like, if anyone can ever go to China, visit. It's beautiful. Like, there's so many great things about China, and I feel like they get a bad rap sometimes. So, yeah. if my mother survived China, anybody can. <laughs> she's, like, the worst traveler ever. And she is, like, white bread, white rice. Diet Coke with ice kind of person. And I was like, this is going to be the worst trip. It's Culture worst shock. I bring her. <laughs> but she handled it like a champ. I was so proud of her. Um, one of the funny things that happened is when we got to China, they don't have Diet Coke. Uh-oh. What did mom do? <laughs> well, she got a little feisty the first day. And, and, and also like ice. You can't drink the ice or use ice. In oh, your, in your okay. You didn't tell me they didn't have Diet Coke and there's no ice. And I was like, I didn't know that that was something that I had to tell you. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. But You're like, stay focused on the mission. <laughs> <laughs> I think she drank the most water there than she drank in her life. So I was very proud of her, of her for that. But um, things were like so cool for the first few days. And then the day that I was going to get her, I, I was scared out of my mind. Yeah. And of course, it's like two in the afternoon that we're going. So I have all day to sit here and like, just sitting there with the pit in your stomach all day. Like, can we just do it at 8 a.m., please? <laughs> and, of course, I was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Are you all right? What's wrong? Are you okay? And I wanted to be like, I, no, I'm not okay. My I'm life is about to, to change. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, like, crazy. But a part of me was like, if I make a scene in the hotel, they won't let me adopt her. And then I can just go home and I don't have to. I don't have to do this. Like I can, I can get out of this, which is like so irrational, but like, it's scary. Like you're going to meet this child and you don't know how they're going to react. You don't know how you're going to react. You don't know how the relationship is going to be. And it's like, your life is changing. So So something that you said really resonated with me because when you said, when you're saying like you were in the hotel and you're thinking like, I could get out of this. Like if I make a scene, I won't have to do it. And that just like really resonates with me as someone with anxiety because 
I am just like so familiar with that. Like you were just speaking my language because even when you're so excited about something and it's so big and you worked so hard for it, something about anxiety will tell you like, go, go, like it's okay. Like you could still get out of it. And even if it's not what you want at all, and of course that wasn't what you wanted, but I know that feeling of like, let me just go like hiding and like making yourself small so like I that totally made sense to me so I could see having that like pit in your stomach all day just excitement nervous like uncertainty it's it's so uncertain and so then what was that day like I know you had to wait till two so it's like all day hanging over your head all day it felt (laughs) like it was multiple days but it was just you know basically a few hours because you have to drive there and the car right there I was like so silent and the, we had amazing guides okay. with us and they're they're awesome they're like all right today you're gonna need this 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 and this give it to me i'll have all your paperwork ready and it's you don't have to think about anything that's Thank great god because i could not think about anything besides, <laughs> not possible like, fighting my mother so i could get out of this <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> I just get arrested I can self-sabotaging <laughs> but we got there we walked up to um the building and when we walked in, she was, they had like a playroom and she was sitting in the playroom and just sitting there. And we walked by and the guy was like, you can go see her, like wave to her. So we looked over and we waved and she waved back. And I was like, Oh my God. Like she looked I was, at first. I was like, she doesn't look like the same kid. That's not her. That's not her. And then I was the first one to like receive my child. And the entire place was recording our meeting. She walked right out with her arms out and she was like, yay, yay. And she just jumped up into my arms and it was like, oh my, oh my God. Yeah, what (laughs) did that feel like? Did it feel like this is my daughter? Like this is it? Yeah, Yeah, it was was pretty crazy. Yeah, (laughs) and there's a beautiful video of that on your Instagram, right? That people can yeah. check out. Yeah, it's so nice. I, I watched it. Yeah, yeah I may or may not have already watched it and cried. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even watch it. Like, I don't think I watched the whole thing because it's like... It probably doesn't even feel real. No. So surreal. And, and, and the whole time you watch all these, like, videos of family days and all these adoptions and you're like, it, you get scared because kids are crying and it's... Mm it's traumatic for them. I mean, they're leaving the only place they ever knew. And now it's a new language, new culture, like everything is changing. And it's, it's scary because you don't know how they're going to react and how she just came out with her arms out. That's how you know it was truly meant to be. Was she living the full time in an orphanage or where was she? So her story is a little different. We really don't know the whole story, but she was abandoned about a year old. Okay. We're thinking what happened is that she looked like a typical baby when she was born. They didn't realize that she had Down syndrome until a little bit later. And unfortunately in China, families just don't have the means to provide for kids the way that we do. And it's like a huge, Americans often look at it as, well, they just left their children. They don't care for them, but really like they're doing it because they do care and they know like it killed me i didn't think it would god this is no it's let (laughs) it out yeah this is the place (laughs) i didn't think that i would struggle with that Mm -hmm. but like even leaving china i was like i'm ripping this child away from the only place that she knows like this is her culture this is this is her home and i'm like are you doing the right thing by doing that and like i wish i could just find her parents and let them know like she's she's amazing like she's 
Right. She is something else. <laughs> Her personality, I don't know, she's going to go far in life. Because yeah, she is. no doubt. She's a firecracker. So you don't know who her parents are? No. no. So her, she was left at the orphanage, mm-hmm. um, and they don't have her birth date. Like, they didn't know anything about her. So how does that work when you don't have her birth date? Like, um, I have family members who have adopted, and I know they were given an option, I think, to sort of, like, choose a birth date. Is that something that still applies today? So I guess you could, but they use the day that she was found as her birthday, but, like, a year before. Okay. So that's how they did it. I mean, it's very rare that birth dates will change by much. Like, sometimes they'll go to doctors and they'll realize that there's – a huge discrepancy but for the most part they're they're pretty accurate with like the year okay not necessarily the day. and when is her birthday um april 19th okay so you've had a birthday with her yes quarantine birthday you know we had this whole thing planned it was gonna be a big party it was kind of gonna be like the first like meet and greet with her and then well that's the other thing i have to ask too because lulu came home in january correct Okay, so I'm sure you had grand plans for Lulu's first year home, and I am sure they are not at all going how you expected with the quarantine and now with even riots and just so many things going on in the world. So how are you pivoting and being adaptable? Like, how is it looking for you? One day at a time? Yeah, literally, it's one day at a time. Okay. we got her enrolled in school in February because she was doing so well with the transition here that I was like, you know, let's just get her in school. Let's get testing done. Let's get her doctor's appointments in. And she had about three weeks of formal education before schools closed. All of her doctor's appointments were canceled until further notice. So, I mean, we're just kind of winging it. I, I, I think she's handling it better than I am. Right. There's days like this poor child is sitting in front of a TV all day while I'm working and I'm addressing everybody else's child's needs except for my own. But you're like, I have one now, and I really have to go back to her. <laughs> like, things have changed. <laughs> yeah. I know, it's, it's so hard. So was your family able to meet her in that time? Because she was home, you know, from January before you were quarantining. Everyone got a chance to meet her, at least? Yes. Okay. Uh, like, my immediate family and, like, my cousins and stuff, they all got to meet her. Um, but, you know, there's, like, family friends that, like, they're your family, and you get excited for them to come to her birthday and like right. get to meet her and nothing. No, not so much. So how did you, how did you celebrate in April? Um, well, the, we actually, my mom works for the police and fire department. Okay. So she had some trucks come and they did like a drive by and stuff. So that was nice. But so that's sweet. You know, I made a cake and we just kind of, it was kind of nice that it was like an intimate moment for us. Absolutely. Like, but you know, I would, and I don't think she even realizes that like, this was all missed. Like right, was, of course. And kids are so resilient anyway. It's always really us. Like, we have this image of how we want things to be. And it's so crazy for work to be canceled and schools to be shut down. But all the kids in my life, I'm a nanny, so I, I have so many kids in my life. And they're just sort of, like, resilient. Like, they'll just yeah. roll with it. As long as, like, you're putting out the energy that it's okay and that they're safe, I feel like they can pretty much, they have that trust in you that if you're okay, that they're okay. And I feel like yeah. you're just, like, but like you said, too, and, and not just with her birthday, but even just this time, it's such a blessing that you have all this time with her right now to get to know one another, to figure out how your dynamic's going to be, interact, and, and teach her. And you're in the perfect position because you're educated in education, so you really do have the tools to, to help her 
um, in that yes. way. So are you doing, yeah. are you taking over the education for her <laughs> in addition to your regular workload? Kinda. You know, I mean, she was in preschool, so I feel like a lot of it is just play and experience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we we go for walks, and we have a sand table and a water table, and, and we talk a lot. Like, she loves music, so there's, like, a lot of, like, I feel like for her, a lot of it is just being comfortable where she is, being exposed to the language, because that's a huge barrier for her right now, and just working on like fine motor skills and gross motor skills. So, I mean, the more play she can get, the better. I mean, the toys that she likes are all ones that sing the ABCs and they count with her. Like a month and a half after she was home, she was counting to 10, so. Oh, so she's learning quickly. She's learning very quick. But I mean, you know, I don't think I'll ever do an amazing job or like enough for her, but I think that's just typical. Danielle, you are doing an amazing job with her. Like already from what I, the little bit that I see and just this small discussion that we're having right now, I can already tell like you love her so much. You're getting so emotional. You knew she was your daughter from the moment you even saw a picture of her and all those things you're naming. I'm an early childhood education. That is learn. That is teaching. Like playing is learning. And you know what I mean? Like gross motor, fine motor. You, you're so like above and beyond like moms who are doing it for the first time who don't have education in education. Um, so you're yeah. already ahead of the curve on that. And she seems like a quick study from the videos I see. She's smart. I saw her making her bed, counting, call yeah, she's she's doing it. She, she loads and unloads the dishwasher. She gets mad if I don't call her in to do it. And I was like, all right, keep this up. All three of teams, I'll give you all the allowance you exactly. want. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'm thinking about that, that with the language barrier. Was she, is she, was she was verbal before you, she came home? They said that she had some language. Okay. Like, you know, they write like, she can say eyes, nose, ears, etc. And it's like, all right. She spoke Cantonese, okay. and she understands Mandarin, um, and then her first exposure to English was the first day we spent together. Right, and think about how much English she's hearing now, like even watching TV, playing with those toys, and just having all this time with you. I mean, it's no yeah. surprise that she's learning so quickly. Um, how I was going to say, how has life changed? But I think it changed in every way. <laughs> every way possible. Right, yeah. <laughs> Um, like, you know, people complain about not being able to shower by themselves or like even go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. I have more help pulling my pants up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think you're going to have lots of help in that area. I think you're going to do lots of things together, even if it's not ideal oh, yeah. for you. <laughs> um, but she was pretty much comfortable. Like, did she, did she ever show any signs of like discomfort or anything like that? Or it was pretty seamless in that way, too? I feel like in China, there was like a little bit, so, sometimes she would be a little more a little tougher than she is now but i mean on the grand scheme of things she really wasn't compared to how some other families are like their kids are um she the word the hardest thing for me right now is that she doesn't sleep through the night okay. that's like the biggest thing but i mean that's expected and i think some of its behavior because you know i'll give in and struggle with her but right other than that it's it's she's been a breeze wow it's, she's a blessing yeah, Such and I was like, so when we go back, I'm like, I can't go back. Like, I feel like all the good luck was put into this <laughs> I used it. I got it. I'm quitting while I'm ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that does, you know, usually I'm very against asking people about their um, family expansion, but because it's the topic of the conversation, would you be open to adoption again? Or is it something, do, would you want to expand your family further? I definitely would want to expand but I don't know if I want to do it by having like a biological child or like I said, maybe going adopting domestically instead of international. Like I, I just, 
I don't know. Like I, but like I said, I'm fearful because you know the first one is a dream. Yeah. So you have all the confidence. It's like I can do this. Oh, it's it's easy. And then the next one comes, and you're like, what was I thinking? Right. <laughs> yeah. Is- you could run into some more some some difficulties because it's not always an easy journey, and we don't want to like you know, make it seem like it was all perfect and easy. Even for you, I'm sure there was like, like you said, a lot of paperwork, a lot of waiting, a lot of, you know, worry and anxiety on the day you met her. So it wasn't, you know, nothing is ever easy. We don't want to like belittle your journey at all because it was a big ordeal. It is life changing. um, And you're seeing that like every part of your life has changed. Um, Would you ever go back to China with Lulu to visit? I can't wait. I really can't wait. So when you're in China and adopting, you have the option of visiting the orphanage, but her orphanage would have been like a 10 hour commute to and from, and that's not counting the time that we spent there. And she's at this point too young for any of that. Yeah. And I know from what it seems like, she seems like she was one of the favorites. Um, oh, she really? She did have a foster family for the almost the entire time she was there, and they were really, really close with her. Like some of the pictures that I got throughout her time there, oh my God, it's amazing they they were awesome they really did wow okay so she was in with a foster family so she was getting that love and attention and in that family unit okay so are you gonna is it one of those things where you're gonna keep in touch with that family or how does that work so I um I'm still in contact with our guides that we had and they're able to communicate with the orphanage so we I like I sent pictures from her birthday and like we'll do like an update but like I I have a special place in my heart for them because yeah. they protected they her until her you got there. They made her who she is. Yeah. And she's, she's a rock star. So she really is a rock star. That's a perfect way to put it. Everything. <laughs> so you want to go back and, and visit and take her and show her, you know, her culture. Now, are you going to, do you want to integrate um, aspects of her culture into raising her? Yes. So we celebrated Chinese New Year a few weeks after she was home and, you know, we're, our plan was to explore more, but we can't really leave the house. True. But, um, you know, it's important to surround her with people who understand her culture or like even look like her. So we do have friends who actually one of them is from China. Like she oh, okay. moved here uh, when she got married. So she has two kids and it's, it's great to be able to like have them all around each other and we also have um friends who have adopted from china so she has like little friends oh absolutely yeah so i want to incorporate it as much as possible because i mean that that it's who she is right we're now a transracial family exactly yeah you're not trying to like take away any of culture or forget about where she came from and and I love that about you because, you know, that is where she came from. And I love how you respect her foster family and say they made her who she is. And I just think that's like a really beautiful sentiment because I think, you know, I'm sure everyone's journey is different and people may come home and just want to really acclimate really quickly to their new life and their new family and the American culture. So it's really nice that you're holding space and honoring that for her. And you're going to really teach her, you know, about this is, you know, where you came from. This is where you live now. But we can blend those two things. It doesn't have to be separate. Uh, I think right. that's really beautiful. I know in my family, we have adoption, and they've gone back and visited the country, and it's very meaningful. Um, and I'm sure it's like a really full circle moment to be able to go back and see where you came from and and appreciate, you know, all that you've been through. Another aspect with the Down syndrome, um, because that's another element of who she is. Um, are you going to incorporate, like, um, how do I put it, like? Are you going to address and incorporate that as part of her life? Like, would you want her to participate in Special Olympics or or be around other children with Down syndrome? 
yes, I mean, it's, it's who she is. And I think that it's important for her to understand that she does have a disability, but it's, it's not going to be a disability. Right. We are just going to do things differently than other people. And that's, that's totally fine. Like I've always been an advocate for pushing kids as far and as much as possible. And I want her pushed outside of her comfort zone and I want her treated like a, a I hate saying like a typical child, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's, I know, it's... but um, I also think it's important for her to be a part of things where there's other kids that, are like her. Exactly. I, I always think that too, like representation is so important. And I think that in media and in just in life, like who you surround yourself with, like, I think it's beautiful that you said she has other children who look like her and, and the fact that they're from China. But I love that you're celebrating all aspects of her and she'll be able to see other kids who look like her or have similar, you know, I don't want to say disability. So like their needs, what do you call it? Our needs. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, and so it's just going to be like, I just feel like I know you've had her for such a short time and you have so much ahead of you and I just can't wait for this quarantine to be over so you can go get on with it. Um, but I just know, and I'm so excited to follow your journey because I know you're going to just incorporate and celebrate every aspect of her. And I love too, that you said you're going to push her, not, not baby her, not coddle her and say it's, you know, it's nice. And I think that's part of being probably, probably in special education, seeing children, pushing them to their limit, showing them that they're able to do much more than maybe they ever thought they could and celebrate that, those little victories. I think she's going to be set up so well with you. I think that's so amazing. You're really inspiring to me Um, because I, I, in previous episodes, I've mentioned that um, my husband and I want to expand our family, but we do have fertility issues. And so Um, I was just excited to speak to somebody who just recently went through the adoption process and what it's like and what it looks like. Um, You know, just give us like a little insight into that. It's wonderful. What advice would you give to other people who are considering adoption? Do it. (laughs) Just do it. (laughs) Dive in. (laughs) Just just dive in. Like you really can't. If you want to have a family and you're looking into it, just do it. Like you can't think like, should I, shouldn't I? Am I good enough? Can we afford it? Like everyone always says, it all works out. It all works out. Literally, I remember just before we were getting ready to leave, because it's like you get the approval to travel from China, and then it's like, all right, book your ticket. And then you're like, it's happening. Wait. <laughs> like I wanted this to happen, but can we just slow down for a second? And it's it's literally like, no, you book it now. Like, okay. And then it's like $5,000 for tickets, and you're like, what am I doing? I can't afford this. We won't be able to eat. But like, literally it all, it all worked out. And if you want a family and you're willing to do whatever it takes to get a family, do it. I mean, I I can't imagine not having her. Yeah. And it's been four months. Like, I know. I know. What was life before Lulu? Quiet. Quiet. <laughs> Silent bathroom trips, long, hot showers alone. <laughs> Don't worry. One day you'll have that again and you'll be missing this. Yeah. But they say know, that's like anytime you expand your family, I think a lot of people say that, right? They say there's never a right time. You're never going to have like the exact amount of dollars in the bank, the exact amount of time off work. Like you just can't pl- plan it. I mean, look at it. You didn't realize you were going to come home and be in a quarantine for months on end with no end date in, you know, in sight, but you just roll with it. And that's part of being a mom and you're just pivoting. You don't seem like super stressed. You seem like you got it all going on. When Lily needs something, you just go and do it. <laughs> I feel like since she's been home, I've been less stressed. Yeah. 
and I don't know if that's just because she's she's so good and she she rolls with the punches all the time. But like, like, what am I gonna stress? I why stress? Yeah, what why am, stress? You have Do a I get be- mad? I yell? Like, that's great. <laughs> you have a beautiful outlook, and I think, like, maybe you don't even realize the positivity that you radiate because I'm, like, seeing it and hearing it in your voice. And, I mean, I think probably one of the reasons, if I had to venture a guess, of why you're feeling less stressed is because that was a big... I don't want to say traumatic in a negative way, but it's like a big change, and it was a big, like, holding your breath for nine months. And so, of course... Your body's like tense, and then when you get home and she's here and it and it happened, I mean, like you're right. What is there to be upset about now? I mean, like your dream came true of being a mom, and she's everything you imagined and more, and that's your girl. Yeah. <laughs> so what is your what is your wish for Lulu? Like, what do you when she grows up? What do you wish for her life? I just want her to be like whatever she wants to be. Yeah. <laughs> like, be independent. Be this crazy, hardcore dynamic person that she is like she's just the things that she can pick up and the things that she knows and like she's confident and she thinks she is like the coolest kid in town she loves to have lunch with herself in the mirror like as long as she's looking at herself she's good so I just I want that to continue for her like I always want her to be confident despite anything that anything that holds her back like push through it fight for it like she's a fighter she's come this far and she's pretty amazing like yeah if you can get through what you got through you can get through anything and yeah. I just I want to see her be amazing like I joke that she's going to be a star but like I wouldn't doubt it if she's like I want to be in a movie yeah and, like she'll do it <laughs> I'm going to be the first one to buy a ticket I'll be right there with you in line <laughs> yes I just we'll love crying. that yeah it's you don't want her to live in her labels whatever that may be adopted okay. down syndrome like no they're special needs you just want her to be Lulu you know? Yeah. And just like your grandmother yeah. with the name. And now where did James come from? Lulu James. So James is my grandfather's name on my mm, dad's side. So sweet. So her name is very meaningful. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He was funny when I said, oh, her middle name's going to be James. He's like, you can't name a beautiful little girl after a guy. And I was like, yes, I can. I think the name sounds amazing. It's awesome. Are you kidding me? That's like That's the coolest name. <laughs> You're already setting her up to be the coolest girl around. I love it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, this was wonderful. Danielle, I want to thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your journey with us. You are a remarkable person with a beautiful heart. And I really feel grateful that our paths crossed and that we were able to share this time together. And I really look forward to watching your adventures with Lulu. Like, and I actually can't wait to meet you in person if you're up for that when when I can travel again and get back to Massachusetts, of course, which who knows when that will be, but, um, everyone can follow along on Instagram. Um, on Instagram, it's at extra chromie homie Lulu James. Yeah. Which I love. I was like, of course, that's her awesome handle. It's like nothing less. And then on Facebook, bringing Lulu James home. Bringing home Lulu Bringing James. home Lulu James. Dang, I knew I should have wrote it down. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, this was wonderful, and I just look forward to following your adventures. Thank you so much. This but for now, I'll let you get back to your girl. Quite as smart, doesn't matter what you're doing, you're doing it with your heart. Shiny girls are dancing, there's a sparkle in your eye. When can we look forward to your day?